I'm Amin Chahan, and you're listening to Down the Pipeline. For many business students studying in Canada, the reason why they chose to study business varies. However, one constant remains, employability. But with close to 400,000 business students graduating every year in Ontario, and a pandemic that has opened up new opportunities, but also new competition, many students may feel immense pressure to find ways to stand out. Mary Gamos, Associate Director, Careers Education and Coaching at Rotman Commerce, deals with a lot of these sorts of questions. And we're going to dive into a little bit more today to get some answers for you. And that's what's coming down the pipeline today. Mary, thanks for being here today. Oh, it's great to be here, Amin. We're just going to jump right into it. So what is the biggest question about employment that you consistently receive from students? Well, I wouldn't say there's one big question. There are several questions that come up, and it really just depends on where students are in their career process. And so if it's early on and they're still selecting a specialist from the academic perspective, they will want to check in with us and find out which one is more marketable or desirable by employers. And uh, moving for, moving along, they'll ask, what if I don't have an internship? Will that affect my, my chances? Uh, a lot of students sometimes feel that one resume will do it all answer uh, all the uh, applications that they want to apply for. And so there's a variety of key questions that come in like that uh, from, from our students. Um, but I would say that out of all of those, I think when we have the first year students coming in and asking about the relationship between what they're studying and what is marketable comes up quite a bit. and our approach really is, and it's based on feedback we've heard from our recruiters, because there's so much overlap in what a student learns and if a student has an area of specialty, it doesn't preclude them from applying to other positions in other areas. The one exception might be if you're pursuing a career in accounting and you need to get your certification, then that path is a little more clear cut and specific. But we've seen students sign up for various specialists, various majors, or taking on minors, and uh, a lot of them apply to the same field, and they find the work. So that's one aspect. It's an important one, but it's, it's, not, the, it's not a determining factor for most students. And so in terms of finding internships and job opportunities... What do you say to students who may be worried they won't be able to find, quote unquote, a good job? Well, there's a good job and then there's a summer internship and the two aren't always mutually exclusive. So there are opportunities to find employment over the summer that may not fall under the category of uh, internship. I think business students are very fortunate because a lot of organizations are interested in considering them for their internships because this is such a critical component of their long-term recruitment process. They'd rather assess you after four months of working for them versus a 45-minute interview and possibly follow-up interviews. So there's definitely uh, great opportunities for business students with uh, the financial sector and places like that that are really interested in our students. If it turns out that you can't find a summer job, what's important to remember is 
you want opportunities to develop skills and gain experience. And those things happen whether you're paid or not. Many of the skills that are required when you're applying to entry-level positions are what we refer to as transferable skills. They're also called soft skills. And you develop your communication skills, you develop your organizational skills, time management, teamwork, all of those things get developed in a variety of activities and experiences, regardless of whether you get paid. So when the door is open that wide and a student has a chance to really think about what they're good at, what their strengths are, and where they maybe need to improve, then they can focus on how do I get that experience to develop that skill set that will put me in a position, perhaps make me more marketable. And if you take that approach, then you are definitely applying to jobs that you see posted on your campus job boards, but you're also reaching out to your network. But it may also mean that you're looking at student activities that are available to you as well with student groups, with case competitions. There may be volunteer work that you want to do as well. There may be part-time jobs. There are a variety of things that you could be exploring that will help you get those experiences. Even in the classroom, there's a lot of group work that happens and somebody steps up, someone takes more of a leadership role when you're in a team. Opportunities are are there if you start to look at them, have them, and then mostly reflect on them. And so this idea of reflection is really important when students are thinking about applying for jobs. Yeah, it's the big one. Um, There's two ways you can look at the whole career process. For some students, it's, I need to get some summer internships, so it positions me better to apply for full-time jobs. When I'm in my fourth year, I submit my resume, I get interviews, I get an offer, and I'm done. We like to back up a little bit. We like to back up, start year one. When you're in your first year of your business program, take a moment and reflect on what is it that you have to offer in terms of your strengths? And the way we define strengths would be your skills and your competencies, your values, your interests, and if you have passions. And I also throw in your personality preference, specifically uh, the introversion, extroversion continuum. And so if we look at all of those categories, I always ask the student to identify which ones they feel really good using. That They're strong using them. And some of them may be easier to identify than others. Others, if you ask them what their values are, that may be the first time they've been asked that question, so they don't really know. So we've got some exercises and activities, as all career centers would, to help students with their assessment process. And there are assessment tools involved. We use one called Career Leader with our students. That's one of the exercises that we would help our students identify their strengths. And then the reflection part comes in when you see the data about you and you look at it and you can assess it. You can say, yes, this is very much me. I hadn't thought about that one. I'm not sure about that one. Maybe I'm good at that, but I don't think I want to align a career so I can do more of that. And so that's where reflection comes in. If you have an experience, if you have an experience in your class, you have an experience as part of a student group, a part-time job, volunteer, whatever you're doing. And if there was something good about it or something not so great, it's really important to stop and think about why. 
And these are clues that will help you identify the kinds of things you want to be doing more of and less of. So that way, every experience you have is helpful and it will, it will help you in the right direction. So that's what happens. You start, that's ideally how you want to start in your first year. And you may come in saying, I don't really know if I have experiences that are valid. And the answer is yes, because you got into a business program and that's not easy. So clearly you have, you've been doing some things that are very, very interesting to uh, the fields you are exploring. But then from there, you want to have additional experiences. And I would say in your first year, what's, what is your community like? Uh, what is being offered through student life? What's, what's going on on the campus that you really enjoy doing? Do you like dancing? Do you like getting together with students from your cultural background? Do you like to, you know, play around with stocks and trade and do things like that? Whatever your interests are, you're going to find a student group on campus and you're going to be with students who are doing the same thing. There's no right or wrong experience to have. And I think when you're just starting out, you really want to feel that you're part of your your program and you can focus on that and not worry about your career because you are taking care of it. You're opening yourself to experiences that will tell you more about yourself if you allow yourself the time to stop and think about it. So we're going to shift gears here. GPA versus extracurriculars versus real world experience. How would you rank these in regards to importance and what should students be focusing on during their four years in their business school? I wouldn't rank one over the other. I think they're equally important. I think this is an important time in your life between 18 and 25. The development that occurs, you're actually on your own for the first time, most likely. You're becoming more independent and you're focusing on things that maybe you haven't been focusing on before because you are transitioning into an adult and you're learning more about yourself and you're making important decisions. So I think you need both. I think they're both equally important because they, they help you in whatever it is that you're exploring at that time. Um, you need community, you need friends, and you develop both. Um, you need to do well in school. You need both. And, uh, you know, so I don't think I could say one is more important than the other. All right. We were trying to put you in a tough corner, but you, you wiggled out of it. That's awesome. <laughs> Students have heard this all the time that it's not what you know, it's who you know. Is networking really the key to landing offers? And if so, do you have any tips on how students can get started with networking? What if they're a bit shy? Yeah, networking isn't a favorite word for a lot of students. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about, when I was talking about assessing yourself and looking at your personality preference, if you're on that, in, well, everyone's on the introversion, extroversion continuum. And if you're leaning more towards introversion, it doesn't mean you can't engage and be in situations where you're talking to people you don't know. It just means um, where an extrovert is energized by the experience, an introvert might be a bit depleted as a result of it. So they need to recharge in between. And so networking 
is a very mechanical process for some students. I have to reach out to someone I don't know because they work for an organization that I should be working at. So I'll go on LinkedIn, I'll find the person, uh, or I'll find an alum who is working at that organization, and I will chat with them, meet with them for coffee when we're in person, whatever it might be. And then I will ask them if I could mention their name in my cover letter or whatever the ask is. And I wouldn't describe networking like that. I think there's something more authentic that students need to focus on. And it's building relationships, building authentic relationships. So before you are ready to make asks, get to know the person first and conduct what I call, well, I I didn't make up the term, but the type of networking I would I would gravitate towards is students conducting informational interviews, where as part of their career exploration process, after learning what their strengths are, they're starting to see certain careers that would align with their strengths. So now they want to talk to people who are in those fields to find out if this is a good choice for them, if this is going to be uh, a rewarding career. And so going to LinkedIn, going to any platform you have to identify people who are doing things that you're interested in, uh, research what you can about them and where they work, and then reach out and say, I'd be interested in meeting with you. I'm interested in pursuing a similar career. I'd love to hear your story and also any advice that you might have for me. That kind of networking, if you start doing that in your second year, possibly your first year, and you start connecting with people that you're genuinely interested in what they're doing, and it doesn't have to just be on platforms like LinkedIn, you could be running into them, they could be guests at events that you're going to with student groups and such, or guest speakers and classes and, and things like that, or even with your professors. And you're really just connecting with people that you're genuinely interested in knowing more about and learning from them. And then if they do give, do give you advice, you definitely want to follow up and let them know. And if you felt that there was a good rapport there, you might say, um, you know, thank you so much. This is great advice. Uh, would I be able to check in with you in about uh, a few weeks after I've had a chance to, uh, to fulfill these uh, suggestions that you've made? So that goes a long way. And anyone who's been working <laughs> for what, maybe five years knows this already knows that it's the people in your life that help you move uh, and advance from one position to the other. And you don't have to ask people for a job. When they get to know you, they start thinking about you. When they know you're out there, when they know that you're exploring and they hear about something, um, they're not shy about connecting with the hiring manager and connecting with you. And so let's say that, you know, the networking, the informational interview goes great. The student has the GPA, the experience necessary, extracurriculars are off the chart. Uh, does that guarantee that they're going to land employment after graduation? I don't know if anything guarantees. I mean, if your goal is to get a job, you'll get a job. Uh, but I think after you've been studying this long, being part of a business program, that's that's a really, those are important years. You've invested a lot. Is that what you want? Uh, and maybe it is. Maybe you just need a job. But again, if you talk to anyone who's been working, you dedicate so much time to your work life. It's not a nine to five job. 
I think in all fairness to you, you want to make sure that you find something that is meaningful and valuable to you. And all of those tools that you mentioned, all those descriptions you mentioned are part of it. Uh, But I think you have to have different filters. You have to really know what it is and where you want to head. Keeping in mind that no one knows you know, at age 21, 31, 41, 51, 61, nobody knows what they want to do next. You're on the road and this journey will go in various directions. You just need to know what you need for now. So I think you can land employment after graduation if that's your goal. But if you want something more meaningful, it might require extra work. And it does include all those components, but variations of them, depending on on the strength of your your relationships, uh, what you're learning and loving in your class, um, the other things in your life that are important. You can't sacrifice other things that you enjoy doing just for work. I like that this conversation continues to keep coming back to reflection, right? Reflecting on what you like, what your values are, what is important in your life, whether that is money or family or time with friends or having you know, the flexibility of work. And so this is really interesting for me because I know at my age, I continue to reflect on what's important in my life and the next step that I want to take. And so in terms of reflection and in terms of values and needs, how does a student go about starting a reflection journey? This is where career services come into play. Um, There are two components to the career development process. Everyone knows the first one, which is job searching, looking for a job. Like I said, you need the resume, you need the job boards, and off you go and apply. And then there's the career exploration part. And that's uh, that's really your starting point, really allowing yourself time to explore so you can reflect. And if you take care of this component, the job search part is taken care of as a result. And so there are, there are ways if, I, I think the best thing to do is connect with your career center and find out how they support you in this process. And that's probably the, the easiest way to do it. Um, if you know anything about experiential learning or how individuals learn, there is the theory, uh, David Kolb's theory on experiential learning. A lot of us use that to design our sessions. So we create opportunities for students to have an experience in our session, and then we give Bill time to think about what you just did. And so you can apply that to your everyday life. Touch something that's been in the sun, a piece of metal that's been in the sun too long, and it burns your fingers. Well, you've got a choice right there. You can reflect on what you just did so you don't repeat it, or you don't reflect on it, and you keep picking up that that metal watering can or whatever it is and keep burning your fingers. So it's that same process of giving yourself a chance to pause. And it comes naturally to some more than others, but it's like a lot of things. You can be intentional about it and decide what you want to take from your experience and develop, have more of or less of. So Mary, what is a common mistake you continue seeing students make that can easily be avoided? Okay. I love this question. (laughs) There are two that come to mind right away. Um, First one is that a lot of students feel that one resume will fit every 
position that they want to apply for. And you do have to do some modifications. You do maybe have to shift things around a little bit based on what the qualifications are that the employer is looking for and where your experience is, when your experience has happened. Uh, are your current section headings allowing you to promote them or are they getting buried? And so really spending time on how to best utilize your resume so it does it does make it very easy for someone who's looking it over to find those. Now, that is assuming that this is the introduction of you to that employer. A lot of times, if you're doing things well, we talked about networking, campus recruitment occurs for all business students on all campuses. And uh, in those opportunities, your first introduction will not always be your resume. But that just gives you more information on how you want to tailor your resume. So that's one thing that uh, I see happen a lot. The other is the elevator pitch. So some call it your brand, your personal brand. And, you know, running shoes have a brand. You can get a brand of running shoes. You can get a brand of coffee because uh, those are things. Those are products. You're not a product. Uh, so you don't have a brand, but you've got a story. You've got a good career story and a good career narrative. And if you take the time to identify what your strengths are, as I said, your skills, your values, your interests, and your personality preferences, and when you're in certain situations, you will know which of these to bring up and to talk about them more conversationally instead of what we sometimes hear, which is a memorized script. and if it's apparent to us, it's also apparent to the person who you're, you're talking to. So if you run into someone, if you want to meet someone at an informational interview, oh, sorry, at an employer information session, whether it's virtual or not, if you're in a social event and there's more than one person, if you're setting up an informational interview, you have opportunities to talk about yourself, but it's not going to be one patent response in all those scenarios. If you know the core, it's like a recipe. If you've got these ingredients, you know if you put this combination together, you can make uh, an omelet. And if you use this combination of those same ingredients, you can have a cake. Uh, so there's lots of different possibilities of how you can be presenting yourself. And some are more appropriate than others if you allow yourself to tell your story versus your, your branded pitch elevator thing. <laughs> That's, that's great to hear. On the flip side, what is an asset that some business students forget to leverage? Well, sometimes students see their peers as their competition instead of their community. And when you're working, when you're with students on campus for four years, you have a chance to meet a lot of people. And there may be reasons why you are, you know, there's healthy competitions happening all the time. And for sure, you want to participate in that and engage in it. And it helps you build the, the strengths you need, the skills, the resistance, etc. However, this is a great opportunity to meet individuals that you're going to be running into for the rest of your professional life. Four years on campus is nothing compared to the 25, 30 years you're going to be working afterwards. And so many of the individuals you're going to be running into are going to be from your school, uh, are, were in your class. And there's nothing more, I don't know if the word is 
satisfying or relieving uh, to see that a client is someone you went to school with. I can speak from personal experience where this has happened to me and I was part of a much smaller program than business. And I've still run into people that I was in school with and it's such a great starting off point. So I would definitely uh, encourage students to get to know each other as friends and to realize that you start off as a student But your continuum within your program continues uh, as an alum. And so you're never really going away. You're never really disappearing. And this is such a great asset that doesn't really, it's right in front of you. And it's worth investing in and getting to know as many other students as you can and and building genuine relationships where where they're naturally evolving. And so our last question, um, moving forward, Are there any significant shifts in hiring practices, timelines, or policies that you believe students should be aware of now that virtual work is a thing, pandemic is going to continue, you know, roaring on? Um, Anything that students should be aware of? Uh, Well, organizations now have found that it's more advantageous to go to more campuses virtually than visiting two or three physically as they would have in the past. And this allows them to connect with best students in a variety of places, as opposed to just the ones that they were restricted to before or limited to. So now the competition may be greater. You may be up against uh, more candidates for a position, but you're also exposed to more opportunities. And they're not just ones that are perhaps in your local area. Uh, Now they could be across the country or it could be globally. So Uh, There definitely are more organizations in various places that are reaching out to our office. And so there's greater options for sure uh, for students to keep in mind. The other component that we've seen, and it started to happen last year uh, more so, is the whole component of AI, where organizations are not, as I mentioned before, just relying on your resume to help identify which candidates are ideal They're introducing other components, other activities that you can participate in, assessment tools, gaming, to actually, you know, test out certain skills that they're looking for. I've heard there's one on risk-taking. There's an app. They tell you to download it. They give you, you know, money, and then they give you all these challenges, and you decide where you're going to invest and not, and they get to identify how important or where you fall in the, you know, with respect to risk-taking, clearly that's an important skill. That's something that they're looking for. They want to know what comes to you naturally. And by the time they ask for your resume, it could be like step six in a 10-step process. So the idea is to be more equitable. The idea is to uh, give you more opportunities to be considered beyond just a a one-page document. And it's it's being, it's definitely appearing with larger corporations. And so students do need to be mindful of that and that their, their presence and involvements in these things will be, are, are becoming very commonplace. And having one-sided interviews where you're asked questions and you record them, um, things like this will happen before you even submit a resume. Well, Mary... This is a great conversation. I've had so much fun talking to you and learning a lot more. And 
I definitely feel like our uh, students around Canada are going to enjoy what you have uh, mentioned. Thank you so much for being here today um, and allowing us to chat with you and kind of take that knowledge from you. Oh, it was great. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed being here. Big thanks to Ellen Zhang, who helped produce the show, and Kitty Wu, who helped edit what you're listening to today.